Welcome back to the podcast, Pro Wrestling Nation. I, of course, am your host. My name is Funky Sam Medina, and I'm alongside Hannah Harkness. What's up, Hannah? How are you today? Hey, doing good. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Hannah, you are a you're a writer. Uh, how long have you been writing? Oh, per near uh, my whole life. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I started doing I, I started doing like actual sketch comedy stuff in high school. Like I was one of those wow. uh, AV nerd type people. Um, so I started doing my little my little Brendan Small bit uh, when I was like uh, seventeen <laughs> or eighteen. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> we're cool. all yeah no all filming stuff in the high school parking lot, cutting it together. Uh, that whole thing. Um, I am. 36 so the tech is very different i think i actually was recording on tape still um and then you know we're dealing with outdated public school technology so it was a lot of uh you know making a a vhs talk to a computer and hope um you didn't lose everything even though i did lose a lot of things (laughs) wow that's 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 awesome that you've been doing it for so long what was Mm -hmm. it that made you decide um that's kind of the route you wanted to go with in your life uh, well, um, I didn't stick to it consistently, uh, that's for sure, uh, but I always did some form of comedy. You know, it, it started with the sketch type stuff when I was in high school, and then uh, my first crack at stand-up, I was 19, so I was like fresh oh, out wow. of high school when I started that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of stopped going up around the pandemic, um, but that was a, a nice, solid... Oh, uh, so you did it for 13. a number of years? Hmm? You did it for a number of years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely uh, was with stand up for uh, quite some time. Um, and then around the pandemic is when, you know, I I sort of I was already starting to bow out and was like uh, messing with indie wrestling a little bit. And also like I had wrestled three times as Junkyard Cat, which is a whole other story. Wow. And, like, so you've kind of yeah. done it all then. You stand up comedy. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the same thing, I guess. Uh, but stand up yeah. wrestling, writing like you're just kind of a jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing the whole thing. Yeah, so I I kind of dipped into indie wrestling for a hot second. I uh, and I I do mean like a hot second, three matches and a, a smattering of promos before the world shut down. And then I had kind of already wanted to back up uh, out of stand up. And then I was really like, I don't feel like uh, sitting in the worst ventilated rooms in New York and having people yell droplets at me. So I decided mm. to. Uh, at the time, you know, no, no judgment if anybody continued to do that because it's not like me going to indie wrestling shows was any safer. Uh, possibly. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, no, uh, no judgment. Taken. No judgy. Actually, yeah, when, no, the no, pandemic, no, when the pandemic, when the pandemic did, did hit, uh, my mm-hmm. wife and I are both comedians, both stand-up comics, and we have like a brand and everything, and we moved mm-hmm. everything kind of online for like like three yeah. years. And mm-hmm. like, uh, I think this past year, 2023, we're really like, we're trying to roll everything back kind of out in, into the world as much mm-hmm. as we could. So yeah, no, I mean, I understand that you wouldn't want to mm-hmm. be there breathing other people's breath. I, that's completely yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah, it was, it, it was definitely a bunch, you know, and I like the only, I think the only like stand up type thing I've done since the pandemic is that I, I've been doing a Rocky Horror Picture Show shadow casting since I was 16 and I've opened for them still, but they're kind of like grandfathered in in a weird way like they're, they're life, like, you mean? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like 
That's awesome. They're like my my movie theater carny parents, you know. And I, I've been so now, like I'm 36, so I have now been doing Rocky Horror Picture Show for uh, 20 years. So wow. I, I, yeah, I'll still open for them. But then uh, Brooklyn Battle Comedy, uh, we the series that I currently have on IWTV was sort of my welcome home back to the shit I used to do in high school. So we uh, we got that together when we were playing RPGs against each other during a quarantine. <laughs> and we had the idea for a mockumentary about cinematic wrestling matches during COVID and we uh, managed, our, our crazy asses managed to get it together. And uh, that's kind of how I ended up back in the video thing. Um, and then uh, I'm podcasting. I have a fake podcast uh, <laughs> of Kate's Bunker. It's a, a conspiracy theory podcast. I faked with voice actors. And then I also have uh, behind a paywall for a Dragon Ball Z podcast. I'm not on. I am the co-host of a <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. Uh, so that's that's my uh yeah that that's as much as i can get in a quick clean a couple of minutes yeah yeah no you have a lot of stuff going on uh let's mm -hmm. talk about the uh the, the brooklyn battle comedy uh mm -hmm. you said that it was kind of inspired because of the pandemic uh mm -hmm. were you did you happen to see any any cinematic matches uh like because they were they're doing them a little bit in fact i guess the hardies uh -huh. did before the pandemic uh that kind of inspired you to, to into that skit or not skit but the series Oh, yeah. I mean, there were ones on IWTV. I mean, part one of the inspirations is that uh, the, one of the guys who is the star, MV Young, is a pretty prominent indie wrestler. Uh, yeah, he, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Him and uh, who is now CPA, but was Nick Stapp at the time that the the mockumentary was filmed. Um, they were oh, both. Okay, in, okay, that helps a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. They were both in a bunch of cinematic wrestling matches, and also, you know, at the time, you know, this was the era of the uh, your Stadium Stampede and your uh, Firefly yep. Funhouse match and your uh, w whatever the Brave, uh, what was it? What was the AJ Undertaker match? Was it the graveyard match? Yeah, yeah, boneyard, boneyard, boneyard match. That was yeah, epic. I think it was boneyard match, which honestly are all masterpieces. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I, I saw all those really. So that that was our inspiration for the mockumentary more than anything. In sense. addition to the stuff we were just saying and to then, each other, and then, like you said, they were doing the the people that were in it were actually doing them themselves too. So they had an idea of what they kind of expected and what they wanted as well i'm sure yeah absolutely and they they were the climactic like the plot of uh, brooklyn battle comedy we make movies is that we were a bunch of idiots that had been trying to start a wrestling promotion before the pandemic it, it's kind of like a meld uh, it's meld of what was actually happening and then it turned into fiction uh prior to that we had been um like I, I, I feel like I should start all the way from the beginning of how Brooklyn yeah, Battle let's, let's, So what, what day were you born? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's confusing. Otherwise, I'm gonna keep referencing uh, shit that doesn't make any sense and having to go on tangents. Um. So the yeah, no, Jets... yeah. Start over that way. We don't. I mean, it's not start over, but like, let's go back a little bit further. That way, we don't have yeah. to do a Pulp Fiction podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we go all the way back uh, to the beginning of Brooklyn Battle Comedy. The Patient Zero is the junkyard cat, which I vaguely mentioned is my my brief foray into indie wrestling. Uh, so once upon a time in Philadelphia, when I'm still running my open mic, Comedy is Liberty, at the Trocadero uh, back before that shutdown, 
a group called Awful Wrestling in Philadelphia, uh, which is Art oh, uh, Wrestling Federation Urban League. Uh, awful wow. Wrestling. Art Wrestling Federation Urban League. Awful. Mm -hmm. Yep, no. Awful Wrestling, which is a group. It's comprised of like performance artists and comics. Uh, it ended up being a lot of comics because of the bleed over of fandom between stand-up comedians and wrestling. It just inevitably ended up that way. They made this really awesome wrestling promotion that still runs, uh, but you know, it's much like you know, they they're a lot less serious about the technicality of it and everything. Like in, in you know, in the overtures, uh, they had like one or two guys from Chikara show up, but you know, that folded. But uh they in yeah. the overture they had like a couple of people like that, but mostly it was just a lot of people that were really about wrestling and wanted to have like comedy wrestling characters and it's just that it was it's a really solid comedy wrestling promotion okay, but they reached out cool. to me um because they knew that i had a martial arts background and i was into wrestling and i was doing stand-up and they're like hey you know if you ever want to wrestle for us and i was like well i've always had this idea for this character um do you know the episode of it's always sunny where they pretend to be cops and they get the junkyard cat out of the out of the junkyard <laughs> do, you, do you know what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> Agent Jack Bauer, the cat. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, I, 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 in fact, uh, I don't know, insert myself for a second here. Uh, during the pandemic, my wife and I binge all the seasons of It's Always Sunny. Mm -hmm. We loved it. Fantastic. Yeah. No, it's it's a landmark comedy. And uh, you know, shout out to Philadelphia in general. We're the best. So, oh, right. I didn't make the connection. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm from Phil. I, I moved to Queens or rather I moved to New York when I was. 30 so like six years ago but the majority of my life is here uh but when this started i was like commuting to philly to still host my open mic that used to exist um and i had someone come up to me and ask me about awful wrestling and i was like well i've always had the idea for this character based on agent jack bauer the cat um where it's just junkyard cat where it's just an indestructible feral cat that um you know can jump be lit on fire and eats drugs off the ground and like lives in a trash heap in philadelphia so i was like yeah i'll i'll totally do this and then my first match i made up this whole ridiculous thing where uh i got my friend rachel Fuletto, another stand-up to be co-op oh, i know the name i know the name Oh, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, no, Ra Rachel uh, was co-op kitty. And then I got my friend Jillian Markowitz wow. to be uh, Jillian Titleman, who's like her owner. And they're like, the plot was that they're trying to build condos on Junkyard Cat's junkyard. And they needed to like fight <laughs> for the land rights. Uh, this wow. is the kind of shit that awful wrestling will let you do. Um, so I set up that whole thing. It went awesome. Uh, and then I kind of went back and like in the process when I was trying to train for it I was like uh, you know I was at first I was just kind of cobbled together shit from like what I knew from martial arts and everything uh, but I was kind of like man I, I need to learn some like real wrestling shit uh, and as serendipitously uh, I had seen somebody post on Facebook that they needed a handyman for something and I I uh, actually at the time needed somebody to uh, assemble a heavy bag stand that I had in my apartment that was disassembled. I, I needed somebody to put this together. So I piggybacked on that Facebook post like, hey, <laughs> uh, I, I. Kinda, I, 
Yeah, I was like, hey, so whatever you ask for, if this same person would is interested in potentially installing this heavy bag, <laughs> and then the guy that responded, Zach Bruno, uh, is a indie wrestling referee and a wrestler, and I was oh, like, wow. oh, you an MMA guy. I was, I was like, oh, you're perfect for the job. So he comes over to set this thing up, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I've I, awful wrestling reached out to me, and you know, I kind of want to do this cat character. I don't really know what to do, and he's like. Well, it just so happens I also have a cat luchador character, El Gato Shinobi, and I have a line on a place in the Bronx where we can train if you sign a ridiculous waiver and give wow. them $10. Yeah, so I was like, how how wildly specific? Let's let's go learn how to wrestle in the Bronx. So I <laughs> I got, like, we put a basic match together uh with a bunch of stupid shit in it like there's the one of the spots that's still my favorite is that we just you know like how cats will like watch something run back and forth a million times i had rachel run the ropes like 25 times exactly while i just looked back and forth at her and then finally like <laughs> out like but is there we any footage of you wrestling and awful wrestling yeah, of my second match. There's the first match. Uh, I haven't been able to track that footage down, even though I know it was filmed. Uh, the second match I did at Awful Wrestling was versus their character that they already had, the Gentrifier. Um, and it was <laughs> nice. a, a boxing like versus wrestling match. And it was because the this time the Gentrifier is trying to build a coffee shop on my land this time. So people just keep trying wow. to like build on their cat's land. Yeah. Right, so I'm sorry. Go back to training now. That this is fun. I like I like the cat mannerisms. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this the, like this whole story is chaotic. All right. So then at you know when I found this place, I knew another comic I knew, Benel uh, Hermosin. He like I knew he had trained at Chikara, but he lived in New York, and like commuting was a bit of an issue. And but he uh, he lived in the Bronx. So I was like, hey, Benel, I met this guy, Zach, and like, we're going to go wrestling training. And, you know, I, I wasn't sure if you knew about that place. And he's like, oh, that's really close to where I live. So Benel starts training over there, too. Uh, and then his his friend Lawson, another comedian, uh, we all kind of like they were already running a like weekly comedy showcase together. So they started doing no ring matches uh, during this comedy showcase. Oh, uh, because, wow. like, a that's fan crazy. Guest. Like at the at, like yeah. the bar, whatever comedy venue you were at. Yeah, it was a it was a gay bar in Prospect Park. Um, wow. And they, for some reason, they were letting us do that. Uh, so they <laughs> right. started. <laughs> So they, they started letting them do no ring matches. And uh, so like me and Elgato Shinobi, Zach had a no ring match uh, in February of 2020 at some point. So that was the end of it. You know, we had kind of, and we had been like doing the comedy showcases and we had Brooklyn Battle, like we filmed promos for that match. And we had that last match, which was uh, called a Ritual Cat Kumite. Um, and it was, uh, what do you call it? No, it's just the whole thing was ritual cat kumite to honor the ancient cat gods. And we had uh, Casanova Valentine was like, just, I don't know if you'd call it commentary. He was just kind of commentary in the corner, him and another comic, Aaron Kaplan. Well, no, Casanova Valentine's a wrestler. Aaron Ka uh, Kaplan comic was also there. And they started just doing commentary on the fly. Uh, and you know that that match is filmed as well. Uh, so the the two there are two recorded instances of Junkyard Cat actually wrestling <laughs> live. Um, and then the pandemic happened, 
And that's where we bring it, you know, that that is where the flashback ends, uh, where we bring it to where I was talking to you before, where we were all playing RPGs against each other and watching all of these cinematic matches. And we had the idea for the mockumentary. And I wrote that like it was I wrote the script based on things that we were yelling at each other during the game. Uh, they had <laughs> taking notes. They, well, yeah, were basically. <laughs> yeah, no, it was things are yelling at each other during the game. The group also came up with a storyline like in the, in the credits. I'm just like story by everybody because like the group um zach in particular really like got together an outline and then i also just screenshotted a million inside jokes in the group texts and i created the script and wow, then so cool. yeah yeah so i got i got the script together and then we managed to Penel uh went into some debt for us and we got the same guy that was uh recording the live matches uh he directed and shot the mockumentary and then there was a lot of pieces of the mockumentary that were like sent in remote like we had a like in in there we have like a rejection reel of like a million like wrestlers doing cameos telling us that they don't want to be in the movie uh because the mockumentary is about us uh <laughs> the mockumentary is about us like we're like we're two idiots like we're two idiots uh like it was more Benel and lawson they're like we're two idiots trying to film a cinematic wrestling match but none of the wrestlers want to work with us because we're no-name comics and it's like the middle of a plague uh so and I mean, you know i'm not gonna that. yeah yeah exactly so I'm, I'm not gonna spoil the whole thing but that was the premise of the rejection reel which includes uh lee moriarty and dan housen and, and oh, many, nice. You got some celebrities. Many other, yeah, <laughs> many other notable names, and also uh, fake wrestlers that we invented for the purposes of the film as well, um, and junkyard cats in there, and the, the, all other things, all other manner of things, um, and yeah, we managed to film it uh, summer of 2020. Uh, sans permits, a lot of, lot of out. Like, basically, we the final cinematic ra uh, match between uh, CPA who was Nick Stapp at the time and MV Young uh, was filmed like the family guy chicken fight uh, where it just inexplicably going to many locations around New York. Uh, no permits necessary. We're doing Prospect Park Boathouse, Coney Island, rooftop in Greenpoint. We're just everywhere. And then uh, IWTV picked it up as a series. And then there's also a feature cut, which uh, needs a distributor. If anybody knows one, please send them our way. Uh, the the we, feature we cut is like don't. the full thing as one, as opposed to yeah. episodes? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we have like a cut on IWTV that's separate episodes. That's and like then seven the episodes, I think. Is that right? Huh? It's seven episodes? It's like seven about 10 minute episodes? uh yeah yeah it's a, or some of them are a little bit longer but yeah I, th longer. I think it's it's seven episodes on iwtv excellent that's that's awesome how did it feel uh when when this was like coming together while you were filming it because like this was nothing and then you guys kind of spoke into existence and and here it is and you're recording you're filming this thing how did that feel I mean, it was great. I mean, part of the reason that we needed something like that is we're all kind of losing our minds. Um, and I I was yeah. always just blown away by how much everybody loved the script because I the, the guys are telling me like at first they're like, oh, I don't know if we're actually going to be able to pull this off. But when they saw the script, they kind of just got fired up and were like, we need to do this. And that that's like one of the most flattering endorsements of my writing ever that they like were like no we need to do this i'm gonna go into debt because you know middle of a plague 
but we figured it out and I managed to specifically write it so we could film it safely. Like a lot of it is like footage sent in remotely and sketches sent in remotely. Like we had, uh, we had Felicia Rose, like it, it came, it, it kind of comes out at being like Kentucky fried movie or something like that. Like we had Felicia Rose. Uh, I wrote her a sketch where she was like doing a phone sex line for people who miss like indie wrestling shows and was just like going like oh you know i, I want to buy a hot dog like you know like you know this card is, <laughs> is so like stacked like you know <laughs> that's awesome and that fits that fits her kind of role in wrestling too <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah absolutely no i tried to give as many like make elevated reality characters for everybody you know kind of at turn the, everybody at up time. a little bit right yeah make, yeah make yeah absolutely. turned up a bit that's mm -hmm. really awesome i like one thing i really like about it, it was the collaboration how you know all these different people that you met in the eight uh, the awful wrestling journey kind of mm -hmm. came through and this was born from that that's really cool too well, did you make make a lot of friends during the uh, awful wrestling time oh yeah i mean it's it's great connecting with everybody i mean i'm one of those asshole comics that will like show up and kind of go like yeah it's me and then like disappear into the ether uh but unfortunately <laughs> but i mean i tell everyone all the time i uh, I would trade a thousand stand-up sets for both of those awful wrestling matches. There is no rush like that. Like that I I wrestled one time for that house uh packed and I was just like this is why people are willing to break their necks. I was like this is why people are willing to die. I get it. Like I've never never felt an adrenaline rush like being a baby face and having a whole crowd chant your name and everything wow. like that it's just like suddenly everything made sense and if i ever go back to like consistent live performance i need to like wrestle or manage i mean i i worry about um you know people are like uh oh, 36 isn't that old to wrestle but i'm also like isn't it though um <laughs> but I mean, yes I, and no right your body yes might be no. a little more fragile mm -hmm. than, than a 26 year old um are you uh I feel like as a comedian, you kind of have the the personality and the chops to where you can go back and be like a manager, like a personality or, or something mm -hmm. like that. Is that something you would want to do? Yeah, absolutely. And I actually wrote myself into Brooklyn Battle Comedy. Uh, I wrote a manager character. I wasn't originally going to do this, but we had, uh, I, I don't, if you remember, um, this was created uh, contemporaneously with Speaking Out. And we just had the reoccurring okay. problem of having to cut people from the movie. Uh, oh, so wow. I wrote myself in uh, as a manager character because I'd always wanted to do this before is that I wanted to uh, like I wanted to be a manager for deathmatch wrestlers that didn't have their shit together and <laughs> just be kind of like and it, like we wrote a whole like PSA sketch uh, that was edited by Ben Falbo. He's the, the only uh, guest editor on the movie. Everything else was Koji Fram. Uh, but it was just a PSA of just like, hey, you, you're concussed, but you need to remember to text your girlfriend back. Call me. Uh, you know, <laughs> basic shit like that. You know, unable to notice you got a bleeding head wound, whatever. And then I had like, like testimonials uh, from various people. Uh, Zach Amico was in that. He was one of the testimonials. There's uh, Matt Moran was in that. Uh, the, another dude, uh, Alex Keller. 
was in that there's a, was worldwide in AIW is his thing. So yeah, we, it, it was such a big, cool collaboration and it's really good that we managed, we managed to pull all these people into this project safely because we, I just wrote it specifically so people could send everything in remote. Yeah. That's, that's crazy that not only did you make like a, like a movie, but you did it during the pandemic. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you have any aspirations to make a second one or was it just like everybody was available because they were just we weren't working? Um, I, I am the deadlock. I, I need to write the script. I've been acting like I'm going to write the script for a while. I'm being an <laughs> asshole. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I keep being like, I have to stop doing things for free, but nobody, nobody has money. So maybe uh, yeah. you know, I keep, I keep wanting to be that guy who's like, nah, I'm not writing anything unless it's for money. And then the years pass and I'm like, you know what? maybe i need to just uh shut up and write the script i have <laughs> i have like the first five minutes done and then it's just nice. like floating in brighter duet uh spiting me and also you know various medical problems have gotten in the way also other projects uh got in the way but you know it's it's a funding thing in the end you know but i i we have the outline of the story uh created as it was before i have all of the group text i have the uh everything except the new script uh so once i do that then we'll try to see if we can get the band back together uh but hey if anybody if you know any just if, if anybody out there's got a distributor or some some money cuz yeah. we don't have yeah, stimulus those are money two good to things. throw around yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like, uh, you know, as a writer and as a as a comedian, and then as somebody who's actually been in the ring, you know, you have a a, a unique perspective. And, and if you do write a few different things, uh, one thing has potential to blow up, maybe go viral and, and make a lot mm -hmm. of money doing that. So I think, uh, I think you're on the right track. I think that's pretty awesome that you're doing that. Mm hmm. Now, now let's talk about your podcast because I am a sucker for a conspiracy theory. I've never heard of a fake conspiracy theory. Uh, what was it called? Kate's Bunker. Kate's Bunker. Okay, Tell us about so that. Kate, Kate's Bunker. Um, this is uh, thanks to Felicia Rose. Uh, Felicia contacted me uh, kind of after Brooklyn Battle Comedy had wrapped. Like we're we're talking like winter 2020. Oh yeah, because uh, you weren't doing and... anything else. I'm sure during that time. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. no. I wasn't doing was... anything else. Yeah, your whole uh, life so, was like... uh, Brooklyn mm -hmm. Battle Comedy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So like winter of 2020, um, and then Broken Battle Comedy actually was released on IWTV in like uh, 2021, like sometime in the fall, I think. It was when it was actually like fully edited and released. Um, but uh, winter of 2020, uh, Felicia Rose contacted me. At the time, uh, she was part owner of uh, New Queer Order Podcast Network. Uh, and she was like, hey, you know, I... You know, we were looking for new creators to do shows with us. You know, do you have any podcast ideas? Uh, and I had had an idea uh, while I was uh, trapped in a basement spiraling out about various conspiracy theories uh, that I could do a fake YouTube show where I just start um, claiming uh, a lot of just comedy premises as conspiracy theories, uh, like a Blinken isn't real and uh very like various like bears have a secret language or they talk to each other it's being covered up by national park service like just shit that's real like i mean it's not obvious that i believe it because it's we're in our year 2023 where people seem to believe everything um but i mean what well it, it was inspired by uh 
It was inspired by a performance I did uh, a while ago. I'm going to say like 2015 in Philadelphia. There was a, a, a show at Philly Improv Theater called Defend Your Thesis. And they what they did is they gave you like three possible topics and they're like, OK, you need to come up with a fake college thesis about this. Uh, you need to present the PowerPoint. And then we have three comedians pretending to be academics and they'll accept your thesis or they won't. Wow, uh, that's so a, they that's gave... a, that was a comedy show. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was a comedy that show. That was really cool. It was really cool. Like and so Philly Improv Theater did that. And wow. uh, they gave me a San, a San Juan National Forest was my thing. So I said uh, San Juan National Forest caused the JFK assassination. And I blamed it on like druidic tree magic and tree Harvey Oswald and all this other like this tree human hybrids that managed to like co-conspire like kill the president and i it was one of my favorite live performances that i've ever done and one of the and what i felt like was one of the funniest things i'd ever written in particular i uh, the part which didn't translate to audio uh but going through every picture of the jfk assassination and pointing out the trees like why are there trees in every single one of these pictures was like <laughs> wow that that is like one of the highlights of my performance career honestly is this people because it killed but also i was just like it was what it was an adrenaline rush because i'm like is this gonna like piss people off because it's actual assassination photos i'm like ah who cares uh so but there's i also there's something rewarding with like kind of doing things outside the box doing things like mm -hmm. well you've never done it before yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so I retained that script for years, uh, like five or six years. And when Felicia offered me the show, I was like, I'm going to use this for the pilot. So I created this character, Kate, who lives underground uh, following a messy oh, divorce okay. with her ex-wife. Yeah, exactly. She lives underground <laughs> in a prepper bunker um, following a messy divorce with her ex-wife, Maya, uh, voiced by Chanel Ali, amazing comedian. Uh, she has been kicked out. The last straw in the divorce was that I, she sold her ex-wife's car behind her back for parts so she could build this apocalypse bunker because she's getting paranoid about the world ending. So she gets kicked out of the house and now she's forced to live in this bunker. And she starts a conspiracy theory podcast uh, with the help of her famous podcaster friend, Toe Hogan. Uh, and he has, uh, and this is all supposed to be taking place in a parallel reality. So Toe Hogan has a very famous podcast called the uh, Toe Hogan Reality. Uh, and <laughs> he uh, he helps her start this podcast. So basically, it's a welcome to Night Vale, world, War of the Worlds type thing, where it, season one is a fully scripted uh, fake conspiracy theory show. It's uh, 13 episodes and it follows a continuous plot leading up to uh, homage to the War of the Worlds thing. At the at the end of season one, there's an actual alien invasion. So- Wow. Is this yeah, audio a, only or is this like on YouTube as well? Uh, that is audio only. Uh, okay, following okay. Uh, the end of season one and again, the end of my money because I- uh, I funded season, Benel funded Brooklyn Battle Comedy. I funded season one of Kate's Bunker out of pocket because I'm really, I, I refuse to not pay voice actors, even though I couldn't pay that much. I really refuse to not pay voice actors. Uh, the only voice actor on Kate's Bunker season one, by the way, to refuse pay was Nyla Rose of AEW fame, who played Xena the sleep paralysis demon. 
Uh, yeah. and, and she's doing anyway. pretty good now in wrestling. So oh it yeah, paid off. Oh. It paid off. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, Nyla fucking kicks ass. Uh and yeah. it was amazing that she ever did it. And it's also shout a shout out to Shug D because uh Shug D uh being a character the episode prior, he played like this uh very spiritual IT manager in Atlanta that has a friendship bracelet business and that like the IT department's run by robots and he's just like selling friendship bracelets and obsessed with like the spiritual power of friendship or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, he was the one when I was like, yo, uh, you know, Nyla Rose, right? Do you think she'd want to be a sleep paralysis demon in this? And he's like, yes, I will text her right now. Uh, <laughs> so bless him uh for going along with my madness um but anyway you asked about so that that is the audio version and i went on a tangent that's uh, okay so, no it's i yeah. love it this is this is incredible mm-hmm. uh what i was gonna say yeah, though about but, uh, it is... there is a video version is what i was leading up to is the the video version oh, comedy wow. hub live uh as a twitch network Con- that... you comedy hub Hub, yeah okay i know them i know them oh yay yeah, yeah no they're they're lovely um so when season one wrapped i was trying to figure out other things to do uh that didn't require me to pay voice actors because i didn't have the money anymore and i decided i was like what if i just started going on podcasts as kate and i just wanted to try it out so i my friend zilla vodness had a, a comedy hub show and i was like hey could I jump on and just pretend to be Kate and you just interview me like I'm a regular person? And she was like, yeah, great. So I did that. And then Jared, after that episode of me, he was like, hey, you know, I love Space Ghost and shit like that. Do you do you want a show on Comedy Hub? So then uh, now when I have the ability to do it, because I've experienced a lot of medical and personal chaos since I started doing the Comedy Hub live show, we have an improv version of the show. Uh, where it's it's different than the podcast the audio only is like incredibly heavily scripted like each one of those episodes is like a 25 to 35 page script um very involved uh the twitch version of the show is no script apart from occasional guidance i'll write myself where i just go on and i'm like i sort of manage to keep the continuity with season one within reason by like having my opening monologue which is not not so much a monologue or it as it is just an imitation of what uh conspiracy theory podcasters normally do where they like babble about their life and you know <laughs> shit that's going on in the world but you know it's fake i make up fully fake details about my life like kate works all these seasonal retail jobs and is going through the divorce and wow. all this other shit and you know chanel will call in and yell uh about the divorce and stuff like that and then also Kate's uh, case podcast ad space has been taken over by robot lawyers uh, because she uh, had a robot lawyer for her divorce. And there is some kind of like clause in the contract that if the opposing counsel destroys your robot, you're liable for the damages. Uh, and <laughs> Chanel's character destroyed my lawyer robot. So I all of my ad space is taken up by robot law firm. Um, so we have robot law firm cartoons. And then at some point during the live show, uh, various robot lawyers started running for judgeship. So then we, they became robot election ads. Uh, and like we do that. And then I do an interview segment and I'm just starting to get, uh, it's very tricky for me because I'm not in improv space at all. And I'm kind of like flying by the seat of my pants, finding people that can 
straight face of fake 40 minute conspiracy theory podcast interview as a character uh, yeah. but <laughs> but it's it's awesome it's turning out way better and you know it was one of those things that where he, he he's like offered me the show and i'm like all right well i'm gonna need you to believe in me because uh i have done something completely unprecedented and ridiculous once so potentially i could do it again but this one's a little bit more risky because it's less controlled like i can't script it so yeah. now I, uh, as it stands, I'm trying to figure out how to resurrect it. And I have some more hooks with some improv people because my number one issue is casting with that. Mm -hmm. It was easy for me to cast Kate Spunker season one and even Brooklyn Battle Comedies because I have all the stand-up comedy hooks. I have the indie wrestling hooks. Um, I throw in a lot of drag queen sex workers, like very John Waters method of doing shit. Like whoever's interesting, I can throw them in improvs i i have no idea what the fuck i'm doing so i'm working on that but uh to answer your question in the very long-winded format yes a video version does exist the back that back episodes are currently on comedy hubs twitch thing and i am working on getting them uploaded to youtube it's just uh you know one of those one of those adhd casualties you know uh <laughs> the uh the the second season i guess when it's less when it's more improv is that everybody mm -hmm. all in one room? Or are you like doing footage in different places and putting it together? It's a Zoom call. It's a live okay, Zoom call. Okay. Um, we do. It's done completely live. Uh, and we just have people, you know, call in like the the holiday episode we did because I managed to get my shit together to do a Christmas episode this year. <laughs> uh, is that we interviewed my friend who played a PSP on the Island of Misfit Toys. Uh, and oh, wow. he, so we just had a dude playing a talking PSP on the Island of Misfit Toys, uh, and went from there. The Christmas before this one, we had, um, a conference call between me, Santa, and a Teamster Elf that is in the process of unionizing, which is still one of my favorite episodes of all time. Um, and we've had big, Bigfoot on, like we had my friend play Bigfoot <laughs> and we went through a whole slideshow. Like I took as many, uh, the, the cool thing about the video version is that I'm able to share PowerPoints. So I managed to bring back the original JFK PowerPoint from 2015 for the first episode. Uh, and I got to do the thing where I'm pointing at the trees again, uh, for the Bigfoot episode, I got every blurry purported Sasquatch evidence photo I oh, could wow. find. And me and Bigfoot just sat there and went through them one by one. Like, okay, was this you? Okay, was this <laughs> you? <laughs> like. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. That is but... awesome. That is cool. So that's available on Comedy Hub? Yeah, yeah. So those back episodes are on Comedy Hub and I'm working on getting them on YouTube. And when I say working on, I mean, I have done, I am ADHD procrastinating a task that'll take me like 10 minutes uh, where it's just me and Jared. I, hate that. I do that all the time. Oh, Even yeah. Oh, yeah. Podcast, no, like, legit? Like, I'll put off producing the podcast for like three mm -hmm. days. I'm like, I don't want to do it. And then I'll just sit down and I'll get it done. I'm like, I should have just done it three days ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now it time. takes like 10 minutes and it's like, I really don't have an excuse because I have a producer, you know, like I just, oh, yeah. Jared, like I, do, I don't have a fucking like excuse. The only thing I have to do is give Jared access to my YouTube account, which means we have to sit sync watches and do two factor auth. But then after that, he can do it. And I'm like dragging my feet for no goddamn reason, but uh, I'm motivated. I'll, I'll do it at some point. <laughs> yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah, that's cool. Well, you got a lot of stuff. Uh, like going on a lot of stuff like that, that you just kind of like had your hands in that that's really awesome mm -hmm. thank you 
absolutely uh let's talk about your wrestling fandom a little bit uh how did you how did you like discover professional wrestling uh so i discovered it i i think because i was like kind of a martial arts and action person for a long time uh somebody showed me shimmer was the first pro wrestling i ever saw okay uh, and so i you know i really liked that and i thought that was like really badass but at that that was kind of like the first wrestling i ever saw but then other than that i just had some shimmer dvds but i didn't really watch anything on tv or go do to you, anything uh, in person. do you remember what the match was it like you got to see this match on shimmer i know you're not into wrestling but you got to see this match Oh, I remember. I loved Awesome Kong. Um, I, oh, Kong I thought was she incredible. was incredible. I had uh, I had a huge crush on Jessica Havoc. Um, I <laughs> who didn't? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I love. Uh, yeah, no. I I loved so many things on the the those Shimmer DVDs. You know. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. I later in life, I had a rest. I had a a show in Philly, in South Philly, called a Comedy Deathmatch. That was just. It was a stand up oh, showcase. Okay. Yeah, but it, it was a stand-up showcase, but I made the, the two of the uh, comics fight in those inflatable sumo suits at the end <laughs> uh, after the headliner. Um, nice. So I, I had that going, and then uh, the first show of that, um, one of the Chikara wrestlers uh, showed up at, in the audience. As I was friends with his wife, um, Fidian, and he was like, oh, hey. Fidian? Yeah. Oh, so my Fidian, gosh. I So... Yeah. Uh, I'll just real quick. I'm going to tell you a little side story. So yeah. beginning of 2023, I signed up for fight plus and mm -hmm. uh, because of GCW and I've been going back in the, in the archives and watching uh, as much old, like catching up as far back as I could go. And mm -hmm. Ophidian was in GCW, like pre pandemic and mm -hmm. his character was incredible. Like I mm -hmm. love the, the snake character and the way the audience would hiss and, and all these different mm -hmm. stuff. And he, he played that snake character very well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So like Ophidian was in the audience uh, unmasked and I, you know, I didn't know who he was and he was like, Hey, you know, this is really fun. If you should come out to a wrestling show, you know, there's Chikara. Like I, you know, I didn't know what Chikara was, but you know, I lived in Philly. So he's like, yeah, you should come out to Chikara. I'm like, Oh, what's Chikara? Whatever. He's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a wrestler in there. And I looked up their shows. I'm like, Oh, the next show's on my birthday. I should totally go. Um, so I, go and i find out that he's the famous snake and the star of the promotion <laughs> and the show i was at was like a casket match where he got like a new mask and shit. it was like a big deal uh and i was yeah like, I, I read his i read his bio and everything his history and there was yeah. his mask got stolen and he got a new one uh -huh. and then he got it stole it back and all yeah this yeah exactly exactly so i you know i it, it was like a land that was like a landmark moment where i was like wow wrestling is really cool you know um and i i kind of had that in my head but i still hadn't really watched any tv wrestling at all uh so fast forward to uh bushwick uh brooklyn i have at this point i have moved and it is like it is during becky lynch's uh big run like the the big famous one like two belt becky yeah two belt becky yeah so right before then uh there was a bar across the street that showed smackdown and raw and i called a pizza party and i noticed i just was there drinking on a different day and i started to get sucked in because i i, I didn't know who becky lynch was and i'm like yo what what the fuck is this and also developed a crush on drew mcintyre a whole bunch of other things uh but basically i just started showing up because it was a social thing i wasn't leaving my house that much 
And I became absolutely infatuated with Becky Lynch. And I, you know, got my little RIP WWE network. I got that login and I started yeah. following everything. I watched both May Young classics. I started watching NXT because it was more consistent than the SmackDown and Raw. And I like got really involved and I got to go to Evolution. I actually went to the pay-per-view and uh, at Nassau Coliseum and it was it's still like one of my favorite wrestling moments of all time. And then I I got into AEW because I was on, uh, there was like a reboot of the WrestleSplania podcast that I was on and they're big AEW people. Okay. So that was when I started watching AEW and, you know, I, at the time definitely liked it more than WWE. So I, you yeah. know, now it's, I mean, you know, they, they're two different, th they're two different things. I think AEW. I agree. Is, yeah, they're, they're like I don't want them to be like, oh, one is better than the other. I think that they're legitimately two different things because WWE at no point tries to be like wrestling's not real. Like WWE at no point like tries it, like they try to stay kid friendly. A, um, B, they try to do like they try to keep it as sort of serious. I mean, they do some shit that seems fake, but they sure as hell don't do Orange Cassidy. Like that's not that's not <laughs> yeah. a WWE thing. And they and they don't like say backstage wrestling terms on stage. Like they won't like you know WWE people don't say jobber because then you would be admitting that there are people who lose purposefully and aren't just like bad. So, yeah, you know, they're, true. they're different. It's a different form of theater, honestly. Like, no, it really is like, like WWE is completely like, like entertainment. Like they say, you know, we're just entertainment mm -hmm. and AEW to me is more like, like ESPN wrestling, you know, like a sports feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it was a big, uh, it, it, I think that it's a big comedy thing too, is that I think AEW is funnier by like a country mile like that's the, yeah. the, these guys are like way funnier the like and the, you can tell the difference between the creative it's the difference between a chaotically managed writer's room and letting the wrestlers do shit themselves but occasionally letting somebody like R rj city step in and <laughs> like throw some ideas in there and they're, they're yeah. two very different products you know yeah and the, like you just explained they're actually they're ran differently and they're, they have a whole mm -hmm. different concept on wrestling really yeah, and I, I think the only reason I follow AEW closer than WWE is just a time. I don't I don't have enough time to yeah. follow both. Like they, you know, there's there's too much wrestling, bro. Like I don't know. I mean, personally for me, like if I had the choice between Raw and Dynamite, I would probably watch Dynamite more. Oh, uh, oh because, yeah. Because you know, I the the action, the Moxley and the Danielson mm -hmm. and all these guys, I just I feel like yeah. they are able to be themselves uh, mm -hmm. um, as much as they want to be, as opposed to like, you have to be Cesaro, you have to be this, you have mm -hmm. to be that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also consistently like the, you know, the TV is like better. It's, it's hard for me because like WWE's like got the women's division, which is just, you know, historic and also, you know, very emotional, emotionally significant to me because of like how magical Becky Lynch was like kind of leading me into watching TV wrestling, you know, that yeah. that's like, an, that was an incredible time to time and reason to start being a wrestling fan. And that last woman standing match, like seeing that in person, like fucking incredible. Like I'm not, I'm never going to forget that. And the, like the reaction in the room and everything. Uh, but you know, I've never watched a dynamite and been like, I wasted my life. Uh, raw, uh, 
<laughs> there have been some raw times, episodes yeah. where I'm like, mm, what what did I just do for three, four hours? You know, like that. I but I've never felt that way about dynamite once. Like yeah, not, no. that's true. But yeah. but there's probably been more great episodes of Raw than there has been of Dynamite at all. Because mm-hmm. Raw's right. been around since 93. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now Raw's got the history behind it, and you know the and it's a, and it's a different thing. It's also mm-hmm. the the kid friendly thing is I think is not a, as big. It's a bigger deal than people make it out to be. You know, like there it does place a big limitation on what they can do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's cool. That's cool that you kind of got into wrestling a little bit later in life as an adult, but you're still able to like get into it and do all these different things and incorporate the comedy and incorporate all these different things. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. would you say you were drawn more i guess because in so i, I was going to say you're drawn more to women's wrestling um because you know the shimmer and the evolution and the two bell becky those are things you mentioned but then also mm-hmm. like on the independent level there is there is no women's wrestling there is no male female gender roles and that's one thing i like a lot too on the independent scene that you know like i love watching women's wrestling but i also love mm-hmm. on the independence where like it's just wrestling you know yeah like hood slam rules like that for a while i had a fight for like and i i i failed to mention my indie wrestling involvement uh which on me um i became for like most of my indie wrestling involvement the reason i was able to make all these connections and have all these cool wrestlers you know be in my projects uh, i became friends with mv young on twitter and he was at the time running uh, i mean he still runs like underground shows and like all kinds of like various shows everywhere and flipping off the athletic commission wherever he goes uh i don't know a lot about i don't know a lot about mv young i know the name but i don't really know much about him but that's cool that you know Mm -hmm. anti-authority kind of bucked the system Oh, yeah. No, very, very fuck the system. Very like, you know, if the athletic commission is going to come down on us, then I'm going to have it at like a secret private location where they can't find us. Um, the One of the first things I did leaving my basement was go to a uh, uh, MV Young show that was in the backyard of a trap house in Pittsburgh. I was like, <laughs> like I, it's like, um, and he, he currently has a wrestling school in Pittsburgh. Uh, that's a part of technique Two train technique Two training has one in Pittsburgh and one in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. Uh, and I, but when I met, I met him online. And then the first time I met him in person was January of 2020 uh, he did a show during New York Fashion Week where they had an actual fashion show and then they had a death match between him and Casanova Valentine. Uh, I think there was another I think there was another match during that show. I think Bill, Billy Dixon and someone else did a no ring. Um, but yeah, him and Casanova Valentine did a death at match the fashion match. show at the fashion show uh, <laughs> wow. after the after the runway walk intense amount of blood like more blood than you would ever expect oh, wow. lots of models there a lot, lot of models there a lot of signed models there um and a lot of expensive clothing too i'm sure oh oh yeah yeah no and then there was also a band and all this other stuff and i kind of just became wow. like ride or die fan like going to everything he produced but then you know you find wrestlers you like and you're like okay well where where are you going when are you going to be going up and that's when i i started going to more stuff and going to the things like the house of glory and um oh i love house of glory 
Yeah. Um, and I went to I went to one uh, Evolve. Am I am I remembering that name? There right? is Evolve. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Evolve. Yeah. No, I went to one Evolve show that was uh, because I I'm a serious simp for Rhea Ripley because who isn't? And she was there doing a meet and greet that day. Oh, when she that makes sense because that's around the time. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. What was that? Oh yeah, no, I was saying that she she was doing a meet and greet there when she still had the NXT belt. So okay. I got I, yeah, I yeah. definitely had to go to that show. Um, that was around the time where WWE was doing a lot of business with Evolve. I believe they mm-hmm. bought them. I'm not 100 percent positive they on that. Did but I think they yeah, eventually they bought did. them out? Uh huh. Yeah, and then uh, and then well, Gabe came yeah. on for a while. And now he's gone. I mm-hmm. uh, I went to an Evolve show like in 2015 when uh, WrestleMania came to the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. That was good times. It was Johnny Gargano was in it. Oh, Drew McIntyre, yeah. your favorite? Drew McIntyre was in it. Oh yeah, yeah. My, Drew Galloway, my... I mean. I'm sorry. Uh huh. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. That that guy. Woo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, him and his girlfriend. Maybe I'm just projecting, but him and his girlfriend look like the kind of people that are looking for a third on Tinder, and I just hope that's true. Um, and they... <laughs> <laughs> like, not girlfriend, wife, waifu. Wife. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure yeah. you can find him. Get him. Get a cameo and just ask him. yeah no absolutely like hey so i saw you across the bar (laughs) just make it clear that it's both of them (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome and you know he had his little run too were you watching when he won the rumble and he went to wrestlemania it was in front of fans but he got his moment oh yeah that wasn't that that was that rumble where like brock lesnar was like trolling the whole rumble right yeah it was it was the one where uh people would come in and he would just toss them out yeah, that was that that was hilarious in retrospect. At the time, I I wanted to die, but then <laughs> I loved it. Again. I you know, I, I love Brock. I think Brock is awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I I love him too. Um, I, I, I love, love when all the the angry fans are like online going, "Brock can't wrestle. Brock can't wrestle." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "He can wrestle. He just doesn't have to." Yeah, exactly. You know, he he do, he does what he. I mean, he's one of those people that just does a very good job at pissing you off. You know, yeah. which is what he's supposed to be doing. Which is you what know? he's supposed he, to be doing. He has a face that you love to hate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome, Awesome, Hannah. It's been super fun talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Do you want to, uh, I guess, IWTV? IWTV, Is it IWTV.com? I don't know. I have their apps. Yeah, I think it's IWTV. Where can you find? find, uh, It's on Fire Stick and Roku and all that. I think that it might be independentwrestlingtv.com or something. I don't know. You're right. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, the Brooklyn Battle Comedy is on IWTV. Uh, Kate's Bunker, the audio version, is on every podcast platform and Audible as well. Um, And then the back episodes of Kate's Bunker live are on the Comedy Hub on Twitch. Nice. Awesome. And what about your social media? Uh, my social media, uh, we got uh, Hark underscore, it's Hannah on, uh, I don't really post on Twitter anymore, uh, but it is uh, it is that on Twitter. It's also uh, that on Hark underscore, it's Hannah on Instagram. It's Hark, it's Hannah, all one word on uh, both TikTok and Blue Sky. Blue Sky, I tend to be on more than anything else if you are there, but I understand if you're not because it's a invite only bizarre echo chamber. But I, oh, I do. I've like never it. even heard of it. I don't think. Yeah, it's Jack Dorsey's uh, attempt to do Twitter again, but he's having a rough time because everybody that's made it over because it's invite only, and everybody that's made it over there is like. Uh, t- 2010s webcomic nerds and Tumblr people and like <laughs> trans people that are fed up with how transphobic Twitter is. And yeah. I don't think he knows how to handle us, but there's a million people there. So he has to. Uh, it's it's very funny. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I, I do like it there. 
Yeah, that's cool. I tried uh, I tried Mastodon, uh, but mm. it was just too political. I wasn't I wasn't into it. Yeah, Mastodon's a little chaotic. There's a nice little friendly wrestling contingent over on Blue Sky. I mean, oh. I mostly I mean, I kind of use Blue Sky like methadone. I had a Twitter addiction. It was bad. Um, like. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I still do. And then I only yeah. even post for like three days, but I'll be like scrolling through the whole time. Oh, yeah. No, it's just I, I'm always. Uh, yeah, I, I needed to get off Twitter. And, you know, now, of course, it's I always end up replacing one social media with another. But I can feel my brain a little less funky when I'm with Instagram. Um, hmm. TikTok is one of those things where I feel like I'm making a deal with the devil every time because I post a podcast clip and it immediately sends all this traffic to my podcast. But I feel oh, horrible. Interesting. Something terrible just happens to my brain when i scroll through tiktok and i'm just like i can feel that this is bad somewhere three hours later three hours just disappear right (laughs) yeah i'm like this isn't good and it's not even the hours disappear i just feel physically for some reason instagram doesn't do it as bad as scrolling tiktok i'm just like what what is happening i feel bad i don't understand i i gotta i gotta stop this i can't be here it's too loud um yeah no tiktok has a lot going on Mm mm-hmm there is a film lot going on. That's awesome. That's that's really cool. Uh, I stay on Twitter though because you know I got to get my daily Effie fix. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it took a while for me to, to break up with. I miss Nyla Rose. I miss there's Nyla a lot. Of, there's so a much. lot of bad people. Not I don't want to say bad people, but just people that kind of get on your skin and then trolls. And there's a lot yeah. of badness on Twitter. There really is. I don't like people fighting. I don't want to, I want to read it. I just, you know, I I mean, my Twitter, my Twitter algorithm, I mean, you know, fun fact, Twitter is actually very sensitive to if you read arguments, it will show you more arguments. And if you call it start arguments. Interesting. Yeah. Like they, it, it understands. So my Twitter algorithm was like pretty good with not showing me drama, but even then there's still stuff coming in because like people I like that I'm like, okay, I want to follow them. They'll retweet somebody who was terrible. And then I, have to see that and i'm just like eh, yeah i don't know oh, yeah. um just give me a I'm, I'm on the internet for like one-liners and puppies and kittens man i i i, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I all the that. happiness absolutely awesome yeah. uh you can find me uh across the board at funky sam medina i have a wrestling twitter at pwn podcast and yeah thank you so much hannah thank you